This is a uh, Lost in the Maze number six. Lost in the Maze is the, the this is the solo show only on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching, bing, 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 fill her up. Uh, I'm lo- <laughs> I love that I uh, yeah I have I have a podcast network. <laughs> Just <clears throat> I guess I'm doing like um. Yeah, like a manifestation thing where I just keep saying that I have a podcast network and it's all it's all coming to me. There was a uh, one of my um, one of the Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash porn fit with Dalton Pruitt. We got a five dollar tier, ten dollar, fifteen dollars. Uh, and then twenty five dollars gets you the uh, fraternal order of corn fed uh, decal which uh, if you subscribe to that tier after three months of being subscribed, you get uh, the decal sent to you. <clears throat> so it's uh, $75 for a sticker is the deal on that one. And then $35 a month gets you uh, everything plus uh, pictures of my horribly deformed feet, which I uh, have never been able to get fixed. Can't afford it. I, I did audition for a, a TLC show called My Feet Are Killing Me to try and get it get them fixed. And the in the audition, it was over a Zoom meeting. The the lady that I auditioned with, she said, you know, you're really good at this. I was like, oh, I'm Mr. Hollywood over here. But then uh, I never heard back. So that's probably par for the course with any sort of audition process. Uh, I don't, I've never really auditioned for anything. Uh, I don't particularly like the uh, entertainment industry. Uh, I would just rather exist outside of that and make money doing something else than having to deal with those uh, sociopaths and vampires that uh, dwell in that world. Just truly empty, hollow people. All Patrick Batemans is what... uh, that entire industry seems to be and i guess oh shit it's the fema thing shit how do i turn this off oh my god national alert this is a test of the national wireless emergency alert system the purpose is to maintain and improve alert and warning capabilities at the federal state local tribal and territorial levels and to so tribal did they <laughs> what did they send out a smoke signal for that one? Uh, 
and to evaluate the nation's public alert and warning capabilities. No action is required by the public. Okay, well, uh, thank you. Thanks for, thank you for letting me know. Um, I don't know why, why has this been so, like in the news so much that they're going to do this? I get bombed with alerts every fucking day and yeah, I've never had any issues with ignoring them like I always do. Um, what was I saying though? Uh, patreon.com. Oh yeah. Uh, Hollywood sucks. The entertainment industry sucks. I don't like any of those people. Uh, I have no respect for anyone that's in that world, but I have been just uh, willing it into the universe that I have a podcast network that I'm calling the billionaire podcast network. Cause I'm the first billionaire uh, podcaster, the Caucasian copperhead, the Daniel Plainview of podcasting. And, um, <laughs> one of the, uh, one of my dear, dear Patreon subscribers, uh, fella who goes by the, or lady, I, I have no idea the, um, I don't know anything about this person, but a subscriber who goes by the name of Seabass sent me a message and said, Hey, I made this intro for you. Uh, use it for whatever you want. And he made the, uh, the station tag that I use at the top of, uh, all the podcasts now <laughs> it rocks it's like it's so cool that i could just just keep i just keep saying things and then people send me stuff to help build my empire and that's that's what Rhonda burn talks about in the secret and also anton lavey in the satanic bible uh if you've never read either of those books they're very similar they both ooh, preach about like manifesting your own reality and harnessing the energies in the universe to manipulate reality towards your goals and desires um so the the, the yeah that the thing with the, yeah with the, all this like manifesting stuff that like chris these like crystal and incense women are really into it all kind of really goes back to i guess in, in like contemporary times it kind of goes back to Anton Zandor LaVey, the founder of the Satanic Church, because if you buy the Satanic Bible thinking you're going to get a lot of cool demonology kind of stuff, like you're going to learn about the 72 uh, Dukes of Hell or, you know, like Payman and Valak and Ball and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's not in there. They don't even believe in Satan, really. It's more like just the idea of like whatever Satan represents, like the break away from uh, hierarchy and, and power structures and, and like living for yourself and manifesting your own reality, pri prioritizing me and using the energies of the universe to create the life I want for myself. So it's like all the stuff that you see, you, you know, like, primarily white women getting into with crystals and incense and uh you know getting dream catchers and own tattoos and going out into the growing their armpit hair out going out into the woods and communing with nature that really just goes back to uh this weird bald guy who started the church of satan that also doesn't really worship satan but is more of like a um just a church of the self just like believe the me the message in the satanic bible is like can really be boiled down to believe in yourself you gotta believe in yourself you can't you can't uh expect any higher power or other people to come through for you. you gotta believe in yourself and do what you gotta do 
to get to succeed and secure the bag. Um, and there's like like nine tenants to the let's go through the uh the the nine tenants of the church of satan the 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 uh incest the primal ancestral tenants of the uh the church of of uh of satan because i remember getting a i remember enjoying the uh the opening nine statements um let's see indulgence not abstinence nothing is to be gained by denying oneself pleasure uh religious calls for abstinence blah 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 vital existence not spiritual is this no this isn't no he actually had like his own 10 commandments or or whatever um damn i can't even remember the book sucks um here we go no yeah it's nine okay here okay good these are just the sta the statements i'm looking for so here are the these are the nine satanic statements by anton zandor levey number one satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence and and all of, by the way this is the thing that made me laugh when i tried to read this book is that all of the punctuation in this book, most of the punctuation uh, is an exclamation point. So at the end of all of these statements, instead of a period, it's an exclamation point. So it's just, I guess you're supposed to imagine Anton LaVey screaming this at you. So yeah, number one, Satan, Satan, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams number three satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit number four satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates number five satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek Number six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Number seven, Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who because of his, quote, divine spiritual and intellectual development has become the most vicious animal of all. Number eight, Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. And number nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. Ooh, something to think about there. With that one, sort of a Batman Joker situation, you know, what would... You know, what would Batman be up to if it wasn't for the uh, the rogues gallery plaguing Gotham City? You know, you'd have nothing to do. So, I get, you know, that's sort of, that's what you get with the, uh, yeah, the uh, Satan and the the church, the church of Satan. I, yeah, I, um, this is some real dorky shit right here. This is like, yeah, th this, this is right in, in the same vein as like 
heavy metal and black metal and all that where it's just trying way too hard to be edgy and cool and i guess it was like at at that time in the the 60s or whatever when he founded this church it was like this you know scary new thing but then like you come to find out like all these people are just dorks and yeah there's nothing like dark or spooky or scary about any of this it's just like dorks trying to like find themselves and and buck against the system in some way and and, you know like and and this is nothing new like this is if you read like you know like paradise lost by uh milton like the way satan that that's a much better like representation of like whatever this is like whatever LeVay is trying to uh, espouse with this book and like these nine satanic statements. If you, if you read Paradise Lost by uh, John Milton, it, the the way that Lucifer is represented in that book is is a much more um, it, it, like in depth and, and poetic uh, representation of of like that character. If you you know if you're thinking of Satan as just is like a character in a story and not you know this real thing i guess if you're viewing it from the point of view of storytelling you know that that's sort of how lucifer's represent it's been years since i've read that but um that's sort of how he's represented in paradise lost is is like he was one of god's favorites and then god creates people and is like hey so like now you know this is like my favorite thing ever is these people i made so you you know you're gonna bow down to them now like this is the, this is the coolest shit i've ever done and satan's like yo what the fuck dude you know i thought you i thought we were boys like i thought <clears throat> you know i thought we had a good thing going and 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 so like lucifer kind of feels like betrayed in that like it, it paints him as more of like a, a more empathetic figure and so like when he you know falls from heaven and goes to earth he he kind of the the way that he's represented in the story is much more of like a human character than this like celestial being that fell from grace and became the devil it's more like somebody who felt betrayed by their creator and is now trying to find like some meaning outside of um you know this existence that they once knew and, and trying to like shape their own story and reality and and so like yeah I, I guess if you're gonna get into satan uh you know don't you know the satanic bible is all well and good but i would suggest like you know paradise lost is a good one and then i don't know that tv show lucifer <laughs> which i've never watched but i see clips of it and i'm like yo this is this looks crazy this is like a show where the the devil is a detective which honestly that sounds right i should watch it that sounds awesome that combines my two favorite things which is noir and the devil um i love hard-boiled i would that that's you know i think a lot about where i could have gone in my life and that's a that's kind of one of another one of my dream jobs is like being drunk in an office smoking cigarettes waiting for a beautiful woman to walk through the door and hire me to do something but twist turns out she's the villain the whole time or or whatever however those stories go i mean i don't know i um i can i kind of only have like a cursory knowledge of all the things i like i i've never like 
really dive too deep into anything and, and like really studied it and become good at it in any way. It's just like, I just, you know, I like detective stories like Miller's crossing is good. Or those, um, that one episode of the next generation where, uh, Picard does a, um, like a forties detective thing in the holodeck. Um, you know, I, I like all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh the 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 expanse on what am i talking about who cares uh you know i just i i like i like the idea of any anybody who sort of exists outside the parameters of like what's acceptable and that always seemed to be like private investigators always kind of seem to be that like they they live these like ramshackle miserable lives where they're just either like just beat down and drunk and struggling to pay the bills. And, but then somebody walks through the door who needs, you know, needs something found. And so now this guy can, you know, you utilize his, his skills and his specialties to, you know, start tugging on this thread. And then he uncovers a deeper mystery and, and a more, a, a much bigger conspiracy that all leads back to the, you know, it's the person that hired him who's the real bad guy for, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah, those are, those are, I, I like, uh, I like the idea of being a hard boiled detective or what about a soft boiled detective? You know, a guy who just opened his own agency and has no fucking clue what he's doing. That'd be cool. <clears throat> um, isn't that, I guess that's the plot of Angel. The the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff is Angel goes to L.A. and becomes a detective, and you know has to figure out how to be a detective. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What am I talking about? Um, I'm drinking a a, a big tall mug of a sweet tea, which is a uh, it's a very southern delicacy sweet tea I, I that's all i drank like growing up in the south it was like that was all you ever drank was it was either sweet tea or coca-cola before they you know before they found out it was bad for you which i <clears throat> the science was probably in on that uh years before i was born that drinking tons and tons of sugar was a bad idea but that's all you drink down south. i you know i remember going to like when we'd go visit my grandma she just had sweet tea on rotation. It would be, there'd be a big pitcher in the fridge. And then like the second that it was like half empty, she had another, she had another batch brewing, getting ready to make more sweet tea. Uh, and every restaurant had it. And, you know, you knew, you always knew like which restaurants had the good stuff and which restaurants had terrible sweet tea. Uh, because it's it's a delicate science making sweet tea. Like where I'm from, like where I grew up in Texas, one of the most popular chicken chains is this place called Chicken Express, and everybody, everybody, like a lot of people I knew growing up, growing up, loved the sweet tea at Chicken Express. And let me tell you something: if you've never been to a Chicken Express or if you live near one, their sweet tea is terrible. It, it's some of the worst. It, it, for the the for the sole reason that they they use way too much sugar to make it it's way way too sweet 
And I, I never understood why people that like in my hometown and like around that area love that tea so much. Cause I'm, I'm like, you can't even like the, the balance of sweet tea is that it's sweet, but you can still taste like the actual tea. So it's like the, you know, there's this dance happening between the sugar and the tea leaves uh you know a a, tang, a tea tango happening in your mouth but if you if you over sweeten it you, i mean you might as well just be drinking like a hawaiian punch or something like you're just drinking like brown sugar water because it completely nullifies the tea flavor and it's just a full frontal assault on your taste buds and it's ruining your pancreas and so anytime i went to chicken express I always had to make sure I had to tell them, hey, look, I want a sweet tea, but you got to go half and half. Fill it up halfway with unsweet and then halfway with sweet. That way this is actually I can actually drink this. But that that place was never my go to for sweet tea. In fact, all the like all the fast food places that offer sweet tea, it's usually too sweet. You know, the fat like mid-level dine-in places, they get it right. You know, if you go to a like an Outback Steakhouse down south that offers sweet tea. That's usually pretty good. Uh, you know, any place where you sit down and eat. But then, you know, when you're up north or in other states that just don't have it, this this always this always pissed me the fuck off because anytime you go into a place that doesn't offer it and you're like, hey, can I have, you know, what do you, they'll be like, you know, what do you want to drink, darling? And it's like, yeah, you know, I want a sweet tea. They they always say this. They always go, well, we we don't, you know, we don't have sweet tea. We only have unsweet. But there's sugar packets on the table for you if you want to get the unsweet and sweeten it yourself. And it's like, let me take something, you fucking dumb bitch. That's not how this works, okay? Do you understand basic chemistry? That if you bring me a cold glass, an ice cold glass of sweet tea or unsweet tea, that I can't just pour sugar into it. And, and stir it up and that works okay all the sugar like it's just going to mix up all the sugar for a minute and then it's all going to sink to the bottom so i'm going to have a glass of un unsweet tea followed by this chaser of sugar granules sliding down my gullet <clears throat> and that's not that's not enjoyable at all that's not like you can't it doesn't work that way the, the only way that you can effectively make sweet tea is when when you when you get the water nice and hot and you steep the tea bag, pull the bag out, dump a cup of sugar in there, stir that up so it like melts into the tea. So now you have like this concentrated uh, pot uh, of tea and water and sugar. And then you pour that into the pitcher, put the bag back in. So that way you take it over to the sink, fill the pitcher up. So that way you... you the bag is still kind of steeping and you get it dispersed throughout the whole thing. I don't know if, the, I don't know what the science is on. I don't know if this like actually does, putting the bag back in does anything or ruins it or what, but that's how I always did it was get, get everything hot, steep the tea, pull the bag out, melt in the sugar, dump the, dump the concentrate into a pitcher, put the bag back in, take that to the sink, run some water over that, so that way it fills up, you know, with tea and kind of still steeps. Let that sit for about a minute, pull the bag back out, get you a whisk, stir that bad boy up. And now you, now you have sweet tea. The sugar is dissolved in there 
and you have a nice pitcher of sweet tea. But if you just bring me a glass of unsweet tea over ice at a restaurant, I can't, I'm not like, I'm not going to be able to just like open some sugar packets and dump it in there and make that work. It doesn't work like that. Okay. That's, that's science for you. You know, talk to Bill Knight, get, you know, talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson about this. Ask, ask his black ass if, if you could order a glass of unsweet tea at a restaurant and, and turn that into sweet tea. I'll tell you the same thing I'm telling you now. Not a chance. Not a goddamn chance of that. Um, <clears throat> but that's, you know, this one I'm drinking on right now. I love it. It's, it's very refreshing. Um, and that's, yeah, hey, look, that's not to say that I don't enjoy uh, unsweet tea from time to time or different, like, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of tea in general, like, <clears throat> if, it, if it's, if it's on ice, you know, I, I would want it to be sweet, I'm not gonna, I, I don't particularly enjoy iced unsweet tea, but when, when it comes to hot teas, I I would prefer that to not be sweet. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to like a um, like a tea house, like some sort of Chinese or Japanese tea house, I'm not. I don't. I don't want that sweet. I want to taste like the actual tea because that's like, you know, that that's highfalutin stuff right there. I I remember uh, I used to go. I used that was like one of my favorite things to do was just like find different tea places and try like what they had to offer. And, um, I, that's like one of, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a, like one of my luxuries is going to just a nice ass, like Japanese tea parlor and doing like a tasting, getting some faint, like $20 pot of, uh, of tea and, and getting a few steeps out of that and, and really going for it. You know, my favorite, my favorite tea that I've ever had, and I've never been able to find this anywhere was a my a, a friend of mine years ago had uh went hog wild on tea and he bought like this bulk order of some sort of like it was like a laotian black loose leaf tea and he gave me some bags of this with the diffuser and was like yo you got to try this stuff it's he was like it steeps in like 30 seconds and you can get like six or seven steeps out of this out of one uh you know a serving of this you could steep it drink your glass and then steep those same leaves like five or six more times and and uh you know most like most other teas t typically take like a few minutes to steep and um and i don't by the way i don't know if anyone knows dude it drives me up the wall when i see this when people you know you work in an office or or see like different just fat dumb americans who fix themselves a cup of tea they'll they'll like boil they'll get the water hot and then pour it over the tea bag in like a a coffee cup or whatever and then put the lid on top but leave, but leave the tea bag in there and just walk around with that and drink that and that's not that's not steeping tea like actually steeping tea is, is like understanding and following the 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 instructions for the particular leaf you're using like most like if you get like an earl gray or an irish breakfast english or whatever the, it's usually going to tell you to steep it for like two to three minutes which means you, you you get you you get you some hot water 
and, and pour it over the bag and then steep that for two or three minutes. And once it's after that, after like the, those three minutes, once you steeped it, talk, like get rid of the bag, take it out of the cup and get rid of it. Cause if you just leave the bag in there, like a lot of people do, where they pour it in this cup and then put a lid on it, walk around with the little tag hanging out of the cup. That's not, your tea is not steeped at that point. You've overcooked it and that's, now your tea has been stewed and you're, you're drinking like dog water. You're like that. You're drinking like dirty sock. Like it, it's awful. And, you know, I guess like, people don't know about this stuff so they that's how they've just become accustomed to drinking different kinds of hot teas and so they don't know any better but like the first time you actually like properly make a cup of tea and and taste what it's supposed to taste like it's like oh i've been i've been drinking you know like hogwash this entire time like i've been doing a disservice to myself because i just thought all tea tasted like you know hot mud but it was, you know, it was somehow uh, fancier, better for like what, for whatever reason, people switch from coffee to tea, but they don't like they don't understand what they're doing, so they just oversteep it and end up stewing the tea, and they don't even realize like what they're drinking sucks, but they think that that's what tea tastes like, and and so I think that's probably why like a lot of people say they don't like hot tea is because they think that you're just supposed to leave the fucking bag in there. And they're drinking like stewed, just overdone, you know, cooked this just overcooked tea that sucks. But if you if you do it right, you have you have a very nice, like relaxing, refreshing beverage. And, and depending on the kind of tea you have, you know, the there's still caffeine in a lot of them, so it gives you a nice little perk. And um, so my friend had given me this Laotian black tea that you you could put in your diffuser and it was it steeped in 30 seconds it was crazy like you would draw like you you would pour the water over it and you could see immediately just like all the tea just steeping into this and it, yeah in, in 30 seconds it was you, you were good to go so you pull the diffuser out and it was the most delicious just like best tea i've ever had and um and yeah and you, and with the the same leaves you could get five or six steeps out of those same leaves. So you can reuse them and, and get like, get like a good five or six cups of tea out of that. Um, and uh, so I, I drank all of it and I've like tried for years to find this stuff again and I've never been able to find it, but it was, yeah, it's like, it's like a loose leaf Laotian black tea that uh my my friend who um has passed away now unfortunately rest in peace uh he had gifted to me and um that that will always be a fond memory of mine is being at a comedy globe and just having <laughs> my friend just coming up to me and being like hey man do you want some tea and I'm like what <laughs> and then he just hands me bags of loose sleep tea in a diffuser <laughs> damn i miss him he was a cool dude i i don't want to like say his name or anything on here because i you know i I don't his friends and loved ones i don't i don't know how much they would appreciate me like mentioning him or talking about him too much but he was a cool dude he was he was a good ass cook you know we go to these parties and he would get the sous vide going make some chicken for everybody he had a garden he was into bird watching um yeah he was a cool guy 
He loved Baja Blast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, dying sucks. I hate it when people die. Um, But, you know, I mean, I guess that's the fate for all of us. Maybe not forever. I mean, <clears throat> you know, the, the billionaires are trying to figure out how to how to live forever and they i mean they probably will they'll probably like what will probably end up happening is, is like the ruling class like the like with everything like with with anything that's ever existed it, like these new technologies and innovations come out and for the like for the first however many years of the of the life okay well the power went out while I was uh, I was in a good flow state. I, I really the 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 cylinders, the piston, every, every all I was firing. See, I can't even do. I was firing on all cylinders. Is the expression? Everything was was well oiled and good and going smoothly. And then the damn the damn power went out. Here in my the box car where I live, I finally got. Uh, I don't have to go to the Days Inn anymore. Uh, I finally figured out how to get Wi-Fi in the box car, um, and 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 so I can just chill out here amongst the raccoons and possums that are my friends now, and um, do podcasting, you know, and uh, yeah, the the power the power went out, so I gotta you know re just get get back into it, uh, you know start uh do my stretches and warm-ups and, and get back into the uh into the podcast here but <clears throat> i was talking to, in, i was talking about immortality because i i keep seeing more and more now about like different people and organizations are talking about how we need to combat death itself like that's the final frontier of uh medicine and innovation is like curing death itself and, and so like you know right the only the only people interested in doing that are those who ha have like a quality of life where that would be enjoyable you know I, I i don't think like i think most people would be fine checking out at, you know after after a while like i think most people who have lived like pretty rough and tumble lives who maybe finally got to a place where they're comfortable. Uh, but even, even then pr probably would still enjoy just like, you know, around 70 or 80 being like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I've done enough. Uh, even if you haven't done anything, it's still just like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's time to go. Um, but that that's for most people because mo most people don't have the means or the, the you know, the, the quality of uh existence that would make them want to stay around forever but if you're yeah it stands to reason that if you're if you're a fucking billionaire like if, if you're that wealthy and have access to that many resources and just like the entire globe itself is is in the palm of your hand is it, yeah why would you ever want that to end like that makes total sense to me that somebody with billions and billions of dollars would want to live forever because it's awesome you know at that point it's like yo this rocks I definitely, yeah, I don't want this to end. Whereas the rest of us are like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with this being over at some point, <laughs> you know? Um, 
And so what will probably happen is like at, at some point, uh, th- they'll figure out a way to like extend, like to to increase longevity. Where like the you'll start seeing people live like getting to a hundred will be no problem. That won't be like a big spectacle anymore. And then you'll see people live longer and longer. And then they'll, they'll probably figure out immortality at some point. They'll probably like figure out a way to like essentially live indefinitely until you decide that you're ready to go and that'll only be available to the elite and the ruling class for a long time and then like with any sort of like uh technological or or medicinal innovation or anything like that it'll eventually slowly start to become more and more available to other people and then eventually like within like uh with anything it'll then be forced on everybody where like with when smartphones came out, like I remember being a kid and like, what was it? The the iPhone came out in 07 and it was, it was a big deal. Like if you saw someone at school that had an iPhone, it was like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. All right. Mr. Moneybags. Like, I guess your parents have money. Like that was such a huge deal. If someone had a smartphone, if you knew anyone that had one, it was just, just like, watching another person use an iphone was like i don't even like what am i even looking at like you know i I guess this is the future now it was was the spectacle and then like over time it's you know that technology became more accessible to like more and more people and and now it's an ad like a a requirement for everybody like you had even if even if you're like homeless you have to have a smartphone if you want any chance of, of like pulling yourself out of the, that situation. But like everybody has to have one. I mean, you know, I, I've um, been in like situations in my life where like they're just trying to find a job, like certain jobs, you like you're required to own a smartphone. Like you have to have one in order to exist now. Whereas like in 07, that was that was like a premium luxury item was was this like fully touchscreen phone with all the apps and all that stuff and and like at that time most people just had like flip phones it was it was like right before that probably the the height of luxury was maybe the Motorola Razor and then everybody else had like you know whatever like Nokia or whatever and and, and then like the smartphones started coming out and then and now it's like an absolute requirement to have one to the point where there's like this inverse thing that's happened where everybody has to have a smartphone and then it's only extremely wealthy people who are able to go back to flip phones or just no cell phone at all. Like you, you hear these stories of like, you know, I've heard stories of how like Christopher Nolan or Jack White or or like guys like that just don't have smartphones and, and, uh, you know, maybe don't even have cell phones and they talk about like, I just don't understand how, you know, people can live their lives that way. Just always looking down at a phone. And it's like, you don't even, you guys don't even realize that you're in a position where you, you get like that for you, you get to enjoy that luxury of not having, not being tethered to this fucking goddamn cell phone, because for the rest of us, it is absolutely a serv like a, a method of survival at this point to have this thing. Because it's just, it, it's been, like, that's the way the world is set up now. Like, you just have to have one. It's forced on you if, if you want any chance of, like, 
you know, surviving and succeeding in life. Uh, because like the whole world started developing itself around this technology. And so what'll probably happen with immortality is like all the billionaires will figure it out and then they'll just start, you know, they'll be, they'll live forever. And then like generations of people will like come into the earth just n- like knowing that you know somebody like Elon Musk is, is like 400 years old and he's just always been around. Um and then and then eventually like what they'll what they'll probably do is make it available to other people. They'll they'll roll it out as like a thing where it's like, okay, we figured out immortality for us, and now it's now it's like a we've got it to where consumers can enjoy immortality if you got the if you got the money for it. It's more affordable now to achieve immortality. So now like more and more people will be able to achieve this. And and, and then just over time it'll become this ubiquitous thing where eventually uh the everybody will just live forever and they'll they'll force it onto you so that they can keep you in the workforce uh indefinitely just work for eternity that that'll be what happens is like you know um they'll 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 figure out some way to incentivize immortality and and then it'll it'll just become this thing where everybody lives forever so that we can have an eternal workforce where everybody is just miserable for eternity and then we we just work and complain about um you know complain about life and capitalism until the the heat death of the universe and that that'll probably be uh humanity's future is, is like for all the like all the speculation that's out there about like where humanity is headed or or whatever it, where it's where it's probably headed on a long enough timeline is they'll figure out a way to keep us shackled to this mortal coil indefinitely so that we can continue to do labor and create benefits for the ruling class and, and that'll just that'll go until the universe itself ceases to exist and then i you know who knows what happens after that like i'm not a scientist and i i don't i don't really know what the heat death of the universe means i've just heard that term before uh yeah though but that, that that'll probably be what happens they'll probably just like they'll, they'll figure out some way to uh you know just just chain us to this bullshit forever and then we'll just keep having the same arguments and petty squabbles for all eternity while you know the um and, and and then like the guy guys like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Elon Musk will essentially become like gods and and, and then you know the, the 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 final challenge will be like okay so you know how do we um how do we combat the the end of time itself and then maybe you know maybe they survive the the actual extinction of the universe and then live on into the next the creation of the next universe which is if you've read uh like like Marvel comic books is actually what Galactus is. So then all the billionaires become different Galactuses and become uh, like you know they start eating planets in the next universe. Um. So yeah, that that you know that'll probably be what happens is is uh Elon Musk becomes a Galactus. Um. And, and you know hopefully we're all gone by then. You know we don't we don't survive the uh the the extinction of this universe uh 
Um, <clears throat> but you know, the future is looking nice. It's it's looking real. You know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we you know with with all the marvels that humanity is capable of achieving, we've we figured out a way for uh you two to perform the most expensive concert of all time at the uh sphere in las vegas <laughs> this is like what like three billion dollar sphere they built so that you two could do a show inside of it and i you know they'll probably have i'm like honestly that would be sick to go see a band i like in the sphere i've never um i've never really liked you two uh i know it just that net that kind of whatever they do has never appealed to me um but I, you know i get i get that some people like them um i just i just don't like uh i don't care for the irish if i'm being honest i don't like irish people uh i find them to be uh disgusting potato peelers and dirty soot covered potato farmers um and, and that no <laughs> no the irish are cool i like i like that guy uh brendan gleason that guy's cool and uh i had liaisons with an irish gal a while back and she was really nice i miss her uh but she you know she's she's back over there now um and who you know I probably never actually get to like date or fall in love ever again in my life. Not that I was ever in love with anyone to begin with. I've never felt that with anybody. Um, but then again, nobody ever wanted to date me really, you know, like I would try, like I was always like nervous, but like I would try asking people like girls out and stuff and it just never went well. And then like the few times in my life that I ever did actually go on dates and have any sort of something resembling a relationship with somebody it just you know it just either it either fizzled out or just completely blew up in my face and, and so you know i don't know that the, the people everybody's so obsessed with that sort of thing like sex and relationships like there's so many shows where people are still trying to like solve the, the this like crypt, the cryptic puzzle that is sex and relationships like people just spend so much fucking time talking about this stuff and it's it's like i'm at, you know i'm at a point now where it's like you know it, it happens when it happens it, it like you just gotta go go with the flow baby and, and not even like worry about that kind of like all these people that are trying to like solve this like play this game or solve this puzzle and figure out like you know what what manipulation tactics do i need to to use to get someone to like me or what is what do women like what do men like blah blah like all of that and, and it's like first off it's a boring fucking conversation like all these shows where it, like what do you look for in a man blah 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 it like i who give who gives a fuck like i don't care what people's like preferences are when it comes to anything like that that's the thing that's the thing that all, always bothers me about like all these arguments about uh the lgbt sexuality and all that it's like i don't i like whatever your preference of holes is it, like i don't 
it's 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 not an issue for me but it's it's also like not something i care about at all when i'm talking to somebody you know like i i don't like it's not important to me and it's not a part of my identity and i have no idea why it's such an important part of anyone's identity like their preference of like what holes they want to have sex with is like whatever keep that to your fucking self or or talk about it with people i i like just i it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me like that that's the thing is like i've 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 like applied for jobs before where they actually ask you your sexuality like are you gay straight bi asexual you know whatever and i'm i'm like i don't this is such a bizarre question not just the fact that like from an hr standpoint i don't even understand how you're allowed to ask this question but also like why is it the 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 people that i'm interested in fucking why does that have any bearing on this fucking job because at the end of the day like when people talk about all this sexuality stuff it boils down to that it's like what's the group of people that you want to fuck and and like when you get down to that point when you like really strip it down and get to that like understand that that's what it is it it's completely uninteresting and not shouldn't really be a part of anyone's identity. It, it like the people that you want to fuck, like that. That's the thing that gets me about about like all of this, like the like pride parades and stuff like. It's like it's good to I get celebrate whatever, but it is it, understand that like at the end of the day, it's like you you're broadcasting everybody like this is who i like having sex with and that i'm proud of the fact that i like having sex with this type of person this particular group and to me i'm always like it's none of my fucking business like i don't know why this is being broadcast to me like i fine cool i guess um like whatever uh i guess every, you know i don't know everybody wants to have some hey gang it's me dalton uh this this is just for the audio um i i upload these things using acast and the uh acast won't let me upload a file larger than 150 megabytes so i gotta cut this one up into two parts for the audio portion uh if you are subscribed to itunes or spotify if that's where you're listening to this Thank you. Uh, I think that helps me. Um, I guess I need to pay more attention to those numbers. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I I had to chop this one up. So head on over to part two for the rest of the solo show, Lost in the Maze, part six. Lost in the Maze, six, two, six, part two, like when they did Final Fantasy ten, two.